You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Company presents Sports Talk 790 Astroline. Astroline. The official preseason show of Astros baseball. World Series champion. This is where we talk about your champs. Join the show. Post your questions and comments on social media. Just be sure to hashtag Astroline. Championship City. Live from Duffy Sports Bar in West Palm Beach, Florida. Sports Talk 790 Astroline starts now. And greetings from Duffy Sports Grill in Clematis, downtown West Palm Beach, as Astroline has moved to spring training and down to beautiful sunny Florida. I'm Robert Ford, radio broadcaster for the Houston Astros, and pleased to be joined tonight for Astroline, presented by Carbock Brewing Company. Joined by a key member of the Astros bullpen the last couple of years. About to start his third season with the Astros. Chris Davinsky joining us tonight. Thanks, Berto. Good to, good to see you, Hello, Chris. everybody. Great crowd of Astros fans on hand here at Duffy's Sports Grill on Clematis. And first of all, i got to talk about the facial hair right now. you got <laughs> you got a, a pretty gnarly beard happening right now. I remember seeing it. You know, I did Caravan with you. Uh, in in, in uh, Houston area in Corpus Christi back in uh, January, you, you had the beard going. So is this is this your World Series champions beard? Is that what this is? I don't think so. I think it's just my my normal beard. You know, just yeah. been letting it grow. But okay, know, yeah, all right, looks good, looks good. Thank you. So this off season, I'm sure it just had to have been a whirlwind for you. First of all, it was a month shorter, obviously, with the Astros playing. Seven games of the World Series season and until November first, which is a good problem to have. Mm-hmm. Uh, but how, how does how's this off season been for you? Has it felt shorter? Uh, it's felt a little short, shorter. Not not nothing too crazy. I mean, I feel like you know I've had I've had a a few uh, short off seasons in the past. Like I went to go play overseas in, in Venezuela one year and came back pretty late. So uh, not not too short. Yeah, not too short. So yeah. what's the, what's the coolest thing you've gotten to do since winning the World <laughs> Series? I think me personally was was just experiencing a SmackDown live show, like front row seats. Like WWE. The, the ring was right here. And, All right. You know, being able to, to see how athletic those guys are was, was pretty interesting to me. Was that in Houston? No, that was in San Diego. In San Diego. Yeah. So you got to go to – so you're a big wrestling guy? No, not really. I mean, it was a spur-of-the-moment thing. And uh, actually, uh, Josh Reddick hooked it up with some tickets. You know, he's that a big were, wrestling that were, guy. Exactly. So, I mean – that was cool to, to see that, and, you know, I think the, the most exciting thing for me after that, too, was just, you know, taking some time off because yeah. that, was, uh, that was a long ride. Well, you, there's, there are just so many more demands on your time. I mean, obviously, you had the winning the World Series, had the parade in Houston a couple of days later, and I ended up talking with a few guys. They talked about, hey, how good it was. Obviously, the celebration, everything was great, but it was also good just to get home, get with family, just kind of relax and, and recharge yep. for a little bit. Yep, right? yep. Yeah, so – and you're very close with your family, and I know you trained down in, in San Diego. And uh, uh, so, uh, how how much time did you actually get to spend at home after the season ended? Uh, probably two weeks, and then yeah. two weeks I was down in, in San Diego. You know, getting the training and uh, you know hitting it hard, hitting it hard down there, and, and preparing for this year. So, 
Game one of the World Series. Astros lost. Doesn't matter. They won the World Series. That's <laughs> spoiler alert. So game two, crazy game. Marwin hits the home run in the ninth inning off Kenley Jansen to tie it. Uh, game winds up going extra innings. Astros hit the two home runs in the tenth uh, to take the lead. Dodgers are, are trying to battle back. You're on the mound. Yasiel Puig at the plate just kept fouling off pitch after pitch after pitch. What was going through your mind as that at bat transpired? A really tough hitter in Yasiel Puig. I mean, that's a tough Dodgers lineup. I mean, that's a big reason why they were in the World Series. But it, it can be really tough for a pitcher. They always say the advantage swings to the hitter the more pitches a hitter sees. So what was going through your mind during that at bat with Yasiel Puig in game two? I mean, I think once I, you know, got ahead, I knew I had a chance to, to put him away, um, you know, pretty early. But, you know, I didn't want to leave, you know, leave something out over the plate at all, you know, to give him a to give him a shot to uh, to tie it up. So I was kind of nibbling, like nibbling around the zone, you know, trying to get him to chase. And, you know, he was battling and fighting some good pitches. And I felt like, you know, once it got 3-2 and – you know, I left two changeups up, and, you know, he fouled them off. I knew that the, the, the last one I just had to, to make it nasty and, you know, just bury it, you know, try to bury it down in the dirt. And, you know, I was able to do that. And, you know, hey, first World Series win. So, and the first World Series, you got the win. Yeah. First World Series win in Astros history. And, I mean, just it's just a huge moment. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that deserves a cheer. <laughs> That's right, because the Astros went to the World Series once a long time ago. It didn't really matter. They didn't, they didn't win a game that time. But this time, they were able to win the World Series, yeah. and, and, and you got the first win. And that had to, Did it even dawn on you that, that, hey, I just won a World Series game? No, I mean, it was just, you know, the, the moment was so, so exciting. And, you know, being, being with your teammates out there, you know, on the field is just, you know, it's an unbelievable feeling. And uh, I think after I realized – you know, uh, that that happened that I, you know, I made sure I had that ball and uh, I'm, I'm hanging on to that ball. It's, it's hiding out somewhere. So I'm going right. to make sure I have that ball. You're going to display that somewhere? One day, yeah. One day I'll definitely display it and, you know, be something that, that you can't forget. Was Did you collect much during the World Series, things that you wanted to make sure you had uh, to, to remember what you went through? Yeah, I mean, I, I think I definitely got some, uh, you know, signed bats by the whole team, a few balls. Okay. uh couple banners you know get just got a bunch of things authenticated to you know definitely hold on and because uh, you never know when there'll be another one like that are you a big because i know and a lot of people may not realize this because you know a lot of fans are always trying to get players autographs things like that memorabilia that sort of thing but there's some players who are really into it and uh as a player you can often get uh, you know, autographs of opposing players and there's a whole process to do that when when Different teams are in town and things like that. Have you, are you a big collector? Are you a big memorabilia guy? At nah, all? not really. Yeah. Not really, no. Yeah, not 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 your thing. Nah. You'd rather be the guy signing the ball. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, nothing wrong with that. <laughs> nah. So now let's go back to that Puig at bat. So you, you talk about the 3-2 changeup to strike him out. You want to make it nasty. You mentioned putting it in the dirt. Was it one of those things where you didn't even care if it was a strike? You just wanted to make sure it was as good of a pitch as you could make it? Yeah, I mean, I just wanted to make sure it started for a strike to, right. you know, to get him to, 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 you know, bite for it. And I knew if I could, you know, start it, you know, start it pretty middle down and, you know, make it appear like a strike that I could get him to chase it. So, um, you know, that was it. And, you know, it was – it kind of went back to – I think there was a few pitches before on the check swing where – you know, I think he, he did go around because you always see video of Jose. They show Jose and uh, Carlos, uh, you know, 
just you know throwing their arms in the air on that one because I you know yeah. I think he went around on that one too. So I knew that if you know I made a similar pitch to that one, that I think I could get him to bite on that. Yeah, you should have gotten him a few pitches sooner, yeah. but that's all right. You still got yeah, him. yeah, yeah. So a situation like that because you, you you know you see it all the time where a pitcher knows he has to make a good pitch and maybe think along the lines you do. I, okay, I really got to make this nasty. I got to make this as good as I can. But sometimes when pitchers do that, they'll overthrow. Mm-hmm. Ball gets spiked in the dirt. Uh, how do you prevent that from happening but still make the sort of pitch that you want to make and not, you know, get just too amped up and, 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 and not make the pitch the way you want to? I think you just, you know, you stay within yourself and, uh, you know, you, you focus on executing that pitch and, you know, uh, you got to do it. That's it. And you did it. Yeah. You did it. And the Astros did it winning the World Series. As we're joined by Chris Davinsky on Astro Line, presented by Carbach Brewing Company. Hey, don't forget, Astro Spring Training's in full swing. You can catch all the excitement at the 15 Ballpark of the Palm Beaches as the Astros prepare for 2018. For tickets and more information, you can visit astros.com slash spring training. So before, I mean, the World Series obviously was amazing and was an epic World Series, but you guys played an epic ALCS to get there. Against the Yankees, you win the first two games at home, had the big walk-off win in, in game two, uh, then go to New York, lose the three games in New York, come back to Houston. And game six, uh, Justin Verlander just pitched the game of his life. And then game seven, you know, Lance McCullers, Charlie Morton were, were just outstanding in, in game seven of the, of the ALCS. So the Astros win the ALCS, go into the World Series, first thing that went through your mind. Going to the World Series, man. That's it. First thing. <laughs> Who was the first person you heard from after? Uh, like, I mean, I'm sure your phone had just blown up. Um, I think from my dad. Yeah. Yeah, I heard from my dad. My dad, I think, sent me a text and said, I think it was something on the lines way to get the pinstripes, you know, coming to L.A. now or something. And, you know, it was... It was it was it was very special to to hear from him like that. That definitely your dad Mike. Yeah. You're very close with and uh, that how crazy were those three games in New York? By the way, I know the fans <laughs> weren't exactly the yeah. most hospitable fans in baseball, and I've already heard some things from some other players of things that fans <laughs> said that um, we cannot say on a on a family broadcast like Astroline yeah. by Carbach Brewing Company, but. What, how difficult of an atmosphere was that? I was tough. Know? It was yeah. tough. I mean, it was. It was. I mean, you have tough, and then you have you know something else. You know, right. beyond tough, and right. that's, that's what it was. You know, but you know, we went in there and we put up a fight, and you know, I know we we battled our our tails off, and you know, we got beat, but we knew we were coming home after that, and we know we had the support of Houston and and everything there, so that's what we were we were we were happy to get out of there and happy yeah. to get home. Watching Justin Verlander do what he did in Game 6, and, I mean, a, a must-win game for the yeah. Astros. Uh, I, obviously, the game's going on, and, and there's there are pressure-packed moments, and maybe you're thinking about whether you're going to get in the game or whatever, but could you really appreciate what Verlander was doing at the time, or was it something that you didn't really appreciate or really focus on until after it was all over? I think there's bits and pieces from the game that you appreciate, yeah. and then, you know, as, as you move on and, you know, time goes by, you really look back and you go, wow, what, what, what he did for us during that run was, was amazing. Yeah. I mean, just, I mean, everything you could have possibly asked for in a, in a deadline acquisition. And mm-hmm. What was the mood like July 31st? You know, the Astros, you know, they made the one move bringing in Francisco Liriano from Toronto to, to be a lefty out, out of the bullpen. And, you know, Dallas Keuchel had the comments about, how uh, guys in the in the clubhouse were a little disappointed that more wasn't done 
at, at the non-waiver trade deadline. But, but what was the mood at the t- at the time from what you remember? What, what was going through your mind? I think I think I knew when you know when we got JV that it was like okay this is this is go time like yeah. like we can do this like let's let's just play and play it out and see you know see how we we finish the year the way we were going and then when it comes playoff time we got it and you know it was just a, it was like a shot of uh, a shot of confidence to to keep it rolling hard. What where were you when you found out that the Astros had gotten Justin Verlander? Were you following it on Twitter or? I think I was texting with a few guys, and, yeah. you know, it was something on the lines that we got him. Oh, no, we didn't get him. And I pulled over to get gas somewhere, and then we got him. And it was like my, I think my gas came out of the tank. And so excited. <laughs> but, you know, it was, you know, I was just driving around probably and, you know, found out. And it was, like I said, a, you know, a shot of confidence. You know, a lot of times when you're, you're playing across from guys, and I know you haven't been in, in the league quite as long, but, you know, a lot of times when you're playing across from guys, you kind of get an impression of what they're like, mm-hmm. right? But guys always talk about when you have someone as a teammate, that's really when you kind of get an idea of, of get to know them. And I, I've had a few players tell me, you know, they didn't, you know, they necessarily, didn't necessarily think Justin Verlander was going to be the way he was once he got here. They had a totally different impression of him yeah. playing in the other dugout from him. What were your, what have been your impressions of Verlander playing with him? I know it's a little different. You, you know, maybe not be around him as much as say some of the other starting pitchers. Yeah. But what, what have been your impressions of Verlander? You know, that's funny because we I was actually talking to somebody about that the other day. And uh-huh. I mean, I. I mean, I, with, with JV, I mean, I, I feel comfortable going up to, to him, talking to him about pitching. He's very knowledgeable, very wise, you know, um, definitely a great team guy and, you know, trying to better everybody around him. And, you know, that's a great trait to have. And it's great to be able to have him now for a full year, right? And, and not just – I mean, obviously what happened the last couple of months of the regular season, the postseason was great, but to have him for, for a full year has to be pretty special. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. We're talking with Chris Davinsky, pitcher on the world champion. Houston Astros joining us. This is Astroline presented by Carbot Growing Company. We'll have more from Duffy's Sports Bar on Clematis in downtown West Palm right after this. Well, Homer back in the 10th. That is the fourth home run hit by the Dodgers tonight. The Astros have hit four home runs as well. It's been five home runs hit in extra innings. Five homers in extra innings. And Puig's hit one of them. All right, here we go. Another 3-2 pitch coming to Puig. Devo delivers. Swing and a miss. Puig strikes out, and that is the ball game. The Houston Astros defeat the Dodgers in 11 innings, 7-6, and they even the World Series at a game apiece. First ever World Series win in Astros history. You talk about the circle of death, Robert. That was one of the most beautiful change-ups I've ever seen. Puig was locked in. A great at-bat by him. But Davinsky, too much. And welcome back to Astroline, presented by Carbach Brewing Company, coming to you live from Duffy Sports Grill on Clematis in downtown West Palm Beach. Now it's a moment. I was talking about a little earlier with Chris Davinsky, our guest tonight. Uh, the strikeout of Yasiel Puig in, in Game 2 of the World Series and, and clinched the Astros not only their first win in that World Series, but their first win in team history in the World Series. And, uh, you know, Steve Sparks, my broadcast partner in that clip, referred to your changeup by its nickname, the circle of death, the circle change. So how did that changeup develop for you? I mean, that's a pitch that, I mean, there are guys who've been in the major leagues a long time. I mean, Justin Verlander's still working on his changeup. It's, you know, I mean, the, the changeup you have is pretty special. How did that develop for you? I think just probably dating back to high school when I was a kid and uh, 
just, you know, having fun with it growing up at the park, throwing it, and, uh, you know, probably getting into high school and realizing, like, you know, getting some feedback from hitters, like, that's a swing and miss pitch. All yeah. right. So just continually, you know, going through college and, I guess, you know, in the minor leagues, uh, seeing all the swing and misses and just kept throwing it and, and believing in it and trusting it and uh, always uh, trying to make it uh, make it a good pitch. Did you experiment with different grips growing up, or did you just find that grip and, and you were just like, all right, this is it? I think I, I started by throwing the split. Uh, split change the up. split change yeah. up and um, you know I, I used to grip I think just like a three uh-huh. three finger one or three finger something like that and then mm-hmm. you know just toyed around with it messed around with it and was able to you know finally found a grip that was that was pretty comfortable for me did you were you one of those kids who threw breaking balls pretty young or was that did that come later for you ah uh, I mean I don't know if you call it you could call it a breaking ball I kind of just lobbed it up there and hopefully you know let gravity do its course, and it, it came down like a roller coaster. But, you know, I think I developed it probably somewhere in college, started throwing a little slide piece. Okay. Yeah. But before just kind of like that looping Yeah, just like a ball. looping curveball. I thought it was, you know, a hard 12 to 6 curveball, but nothing nothing too great. Yeah. Yep. Yep, nothing too great. Yeah. So at what point did you realize your changeup was your best pitch? Was there ever a point where your slider was ahead of it? Uh, no. I, th- I, I Probably after I threw the no-hitter in uh, 2012 in Lexington. Uh-huh. You know, I threw like 100 and, 103 pitches, 60-something change-ups. And, wow. You know, there was a lot of swing and misses that night. So I, I realized, hey, that's a, that's a good swing and miss pitch. This is, this is the pitch for you. Yeah. And, you know, you talk about that no-hitter that you had in the minor leagues in, in 2012. And, you know, you're a guy who were, you were originally drafted by the White Sox out of Cal State Fullerton, 25th-round pick back in, in 2011. And, uh you know, wound up getting traded to the Astros and, and the Brett Myers deal. What was, and that was in uh, 2012 when you came over as the player to be named later in, in that trade uh, with Brett Myers going over to uh, the Chicago White Sox in that deal. Uh, what was, first of all, getting drafted is, I mean, that's, you know, when you talk about steps in, in terms of becoming a big league ball player, getting drafted obviously is is a big one. Yeah. What, what was, did you have any idea the White Sox would draft you, where you get drafted. I know it can be a, a pretty pretty tricky and sometimes confusing process. Yeah, I mean, it, it's a, it is a big-time tricky tricky process. Yeah. I had no idea that the, the White Sox were going to draft me. I never – when I was at Fullerton, you know, all the scouts came out in the fall, and, you know, you basically – when I during the year at Fullerton, I didn't get a lot of innings. But okay. I did get a lot of innings during the fall. I did, I did good in the fall against uh, – in inner squads and playing against each other and – um, talked to a lot of scouts then, a lot of teams, uh, Reds, Giants, White Sox, you know, or not White Sox, uh, Red Sox, all the teams. Uh-huh. And then, you know, on, on the day I get drafted, it pops up online. I'm watching it, a 25th round Chicago White Sox. And I don't know how they, you know, how they got a hold of me or how they got my info. But, you know, that was a, that was a day. And, you know, and from that day, I was very thankful for the opportunity and, you know, always just try to take advantage of it. Well, at what point did you realize, hey, this is a possibility. Professional baseball could happen for me. I could get drafted. I think during the fall at Fullerton. That fall. When, when the scouts started talking to me and, and, you know, asking me about all my pitches, this and that, you know, uh, asking me a little bit about my background. And mm-hmm. um, that was that was probably kind of opened my eyes at the time. And, you know, a lot of people may not realize this, but you were more of an infielder, right? Yeah, in, more, in, of, in high, more of a shortstop. Yeah, because yeah, you, yeah. went, you went to junior college for two years. Then went to Cal State Fullerton for your junior year, and you, you yeah. played mostly shortstop, right? Not my junior year, but my freshman and sophomore year freshman. in junior college okay. was, you know, my freshman year I played shortstop every game. 
You know, I was uh, batted, batted fifth, batted fourth, you know, every every game and didn't really th probably threw like four innings at, uh -huh. at my freshman year. Yeah, and then, you know, I spent all my time in the cages, always hitting, trying to get better. And uh, the the next year I come back and just my first pitch off the mound was like 94, 95. And you, like, just, in, in your sophomore year? Yeah, my sophomore year. Yeah. My, my manager goes, where's that been at? You yeah. Know? And so... And it just, I was like, whoa. You know, because in high school, I was like 87, 86. Uh -huh. And, you know, I started getting some B-low, getting some strength. And it was like, whoa. You think it was just a matter of, like you said, getting some strength and maybe maturing a little bit, getting in the weight room? Yeah, yeah. Found a weight room, you know, found a weight room and uh, started started working hard and, you know, all that stuff. So your sophomore year at Golden West Community College in California, that's really when you started to pitch a little bit more? Yes, yeah, so I pitched pitch a lot more. I think I started maybe... 12 games that year first time you ever worked as a starter uh in college yeah, yeah. first time as a starter in college yeah. yeah and so then when you got to fullerton you were was did they bring you on thinking you'd be a two-way i was player? i was going to fullerton thinking i was going to play shortstop man. yeah yeah because yeah. i had i had a workout for fullerton right before i came in i took bp uh-huh you know i was i felt good taking bp and um, you know, my, my infield was smooth. We had infield, outfield was smooth. And I'm like, all right, I'm coming in as a shortstop. And, right. you know, after two weeks, that was no longer a shortstop. I was, no I, was, shortstop. I, was, I was a pitcher only. Yeah. You, were, you were totally a pitcher. Yeah. Did you, um, was that a tough transition for you? Because I know for a lot of kids who are used to doing both, uh -huh. you know, you or, you know just grew up hitting. That can be tough because, you know, this is what this is who you are. This is a big yeah. part of your identity, and the not being able to do that as much anymore can be can I be mean, the only, the only thing that was difficult for me was knowing all the work I put in hitting uh -huh. and, you know, not being able to, to follow that way of hitting, you know. Yeah. And I knew, okay, I knew, all right, I put in that work. You know, it paid off for a good cause. But now I got to put in work as a pitcher, you know, and better myself and my skills as, as a pitcher. You just flipped the switch. Yeah. 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 So – you get drafted by the White Sox. Um, Great Falls, where you went first? Yeah, Great Falls, Montana. Yeah. Um, that's a little different than um, Santa Ana, California. Yeah, a, lot, a, lot of <laughs> lot, a lot of differences there, man. Yeah. So going out there, you know, learning about professional baseball, yeah. I mean, it, it can be kind of doggy dog once you get in the, in the pro ball, especially those, you know, when you're in rookie ball and A ball. I mean, it's a bunch of guys who are just, just trying to figure it out yeah. and, and trying to trying to determine whether they can even do this for a career what did you learn about yourself when you you got into pro ball that first year in great falls montana oh, I, I learned i needed to do things on my own you know it was yeah. I, I remember going into the hotel i was at you know they, they shipped me in i probably got there at four o'clock in the afternoon and uh -huh. um i was starving i probably had like six or seven bucks in my pocket yeah and you know i went out looking for some food and you know i was basically that was the first time i was really on my own you know like this was my decision to play pro ball. I was ready to go, and right. Um, you know, I learned you got to be tough out there because you know, like you said, it's doggy dog in that clubhouse, and everyone's trying to figure it out. Everyone wants to move up. No one wants to be stuck in in rookie ball. No one wants to eat peanut butter and jelly. So right, it was uh, you know, get to the field early, get in work, work hard, and uh, you know, just go home and get some rest. And I wasn't there. I wasn't rookie ball very long, probably about a month. But we ended yeah. up we ended up winning it all, and we had a championship team that I was on. So that was right. And you were there for that, right? Yeah. For that, you yeah. were there at the end of the season. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. that had to be pretty cool. Your first taste yeah. of pro ball, win the championship. Yeah. That was that was pretty cool. A lot of guys, you know, um, 
a lot of guys on that team, you know, followed them the next year in with the White Sox, but then, you know, ended up getting, getting traded. Right. So you get traded 2012. August of 2012 was when you were the player to be named later to go over to the to the Astros. And now you just got to pro ball. You've been in the White Sox system for just over a yeah. year, and now all of a sudden you're no longer in there. Was that a shock to the system? Yeah, that was that was tough, man. That was like um, I remember it happening. It was on an off day. Um, stayed in the same league, just a uh, different team. Uh, what in was the it? Midwest uh, League. Uh, no. Um, well, South Atlantic, South Atlantic League. League. That's South right. Atlantic yeah. League at the time. So, um, you know, it was just like the new kid on the block again Yeah. with with a new team. And I remember we played in Hagerstown, uh, Maryland, or Hagerstown. Yeah, Hagerstown, Maryland. Was the, was the first the first game with the Lexington Legends that I got yeah. there. There was no lockers in the clubhouse. The clubhouse was so small <laughs> that I, sh- I set up shop, like, in the corner away from everybody, you know, just to have my own little room. And, uh-huh. you know, because everyone had their locker at the time, and I didn't, you know, and it was just uh, – you know, it was it was tough, and just had to get 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 used to all the guys, and you know, was be myself. Then you pitched no hitter, and you got a locker. Yeah, I think so. I think <laughs> I think they let me in the corner for about a month until I threw that no hitter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's that's what you had to do to earn your keep. Was, exactly. Was throw a no yeah. hitter, and uh, you know, you so you get into the Astros system in August of 2012, and um, so was did you feel like? the Astros had a different approach with you than the White Sox did in terms of what they wanted you to do, or was it still pretty similar? Well, I think right before I got traded over to the White Sox, they, the, uh, or to the Astros, the White Sox wanted me to become a starter. Mm-hmm. They saw that I had three pitches I was throwing for a strike, a little four-pitch for right. strikes, and um, Houston was on board with that. So, I was, you know, I was happy coming over and being a starter just because, you know, I started, you know, started with the White Sox and, you know, I thought I can continue – you know, continue with the Astros. So, you know, I, I was I was right on board with it. You're, you're right yeah. on board. Guarantee all the 2018 tickets you want with its full season or partial season plan. With a season ticket plan, fans are able to enjoy some of the best seats at Minute Maid Park. You can save money and receive great benefits throughout the season. Call one 879 astros or visit astros.com slash season tickets for more information and to get your seats today. We're going to have more with Chris Davinsky as Astroline Presented by Carbach Brewing Company, continues live from Duffy Sports Grill on Clematis and downtown West Palm Beach after this on the Houston Astros Radio Network. So now it's Chris Davinsky coming on and making his Major League debut. He was supposed to start the season opener for Fresno in Las Vegas, but instead getting summoned to the majors. The best changeup in the entire organization. You'll see that plenty. I like his stuff. I like his body language on the mound. He's tough. Payoff pitch to Santana. That is at the knees on the inside corner for strike three. Changeup got him. And Santana goes down looking. First batter, Davinsky faces in the big leagues, a strikeout. And Jason Castro on 3-2 threw down those wiggled fingers. He wanted that change up. Davinsky, he wasn't about to shake him off. He'll just throw a strike right at the knees. And welcome back to Astroline, presented by Carbach Brewing Company. Robert Ford with Chris Davinsky, live at Duffy Sports Grill on Clematis in downtown West Palm Beach. Hey, don't forget our next Astroline is Monday. And that will be Steve Sparks hosting that, guest to be announced. But we'll have our next Astroline program on Monday right back here at Duffy Sports Grill on Clematis. That starts at 6 o'clock Central Time, 7 o'clock Eastern Time for those of you down in West Palm Beach. As Chris Davinsky, we just heard the call of uh, your first big league strikeout 
And, uh, you know, your big, big league debut came first week of the season. Astros opened the season in New York. Michael Feliz opened the year as a long reliever. He uh, had a, a long outing, four and a third innings, threw uh, over 100 pitches, had to get sent down. Um, and as I mentioned in the clip, you're going to be the starter on opening day for, for AAA Fresno. You wound up not at, you, you still haven't played a regular season game at AAA, wound up getting called up to the big leagues instead. And, uh, you go, go three innings, and, I mean, that was the start of a really special year for you and what has been a fantastic uh, career to this point for you. Uh, so you, you get the call. You think you're going to be starting in Fresno. Then you find out you're going to the big leagues. First of all, how did you find out that you were getting called up? Uh, well, we were on the way. We were driving from Fresno to uh, Vegas, and we just left Barstow, California. Okay. Uh, little truck stop area, got some food, and, you know, I'm, we're, we're headed, headed north towards Vegas, and, laying down on the back of the bus and uh tony d comes up says come to the front of the bus hey you're going to new york tomorrow so that's how i found out and man it was crazy did he announce it to the team or did he just tell you no i just told me and he saw he, he told me to keep it quiet for now and uh you know until tomorrow and uh, yeah that was <laughs> and he went back to the back of the bus and laid down were you on like one of those because i you know this no i was laying it was a regular bus and i was just laying across uh across seats yeah the, okay the, the aisle next the there was no it was open so it was just going across across aisle how great is that you find out you're going to the major leagues well okay i need to go back and sleep on the bus and lay across the seats and the accommodations change a little bit after you yeah yeah them. yeah you're right <laughs> so first people you call your family yeah call my call my dad yeah, uh, actually, I sent him a text, and I said, hey, I'm getting called up. Don't call me. I'll call you later. Uh -huh. And what does he do? He calls me. Which <laughs> so, you probably knew was going to happen. Yeah, yeah. It, you know, I was trying to, you know, I was trying to keep it quiet right now on the bus, you know, respect all my teammates and, you know, because we, we're, we're going to go and, you know, we're going to go play in Vegas. But, uh, you know, I ended up talking to him, you know, later that night, and it was uh, the next day was even more of a whirlwind. And so you, you go to Milwaukee, you, you meet the team. Uh, no, in New York. Oh, that's right. That's the right. Team in New York. Met the team in New York. And then ended up flying to Milwaukee that night. So you, you go there. Did, um, you know, you had been you had been a starter at that point, as we were talking about earlier, since coming over to the Astros system. And uh, did, when you first talked to A.J. Hinch after you called up, did he give you an idea of what your role would be? I mean, obviously you were being called up to be in the bullpen. Yeah. I don't think so. I think I just rolled with it. You yeah. Know, just – Hey, he took the ball whenever he gave it to me. So you, you're in the bullpen in Milwaukee. The phone rings. You're told to get up. What was First of all, when the phone rang, did it think it was going to be for you? I always thought it was going to be for me. Every time. Yeah, every you time. Just, until, 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 until you got proven wrong. Yeah. 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 So what was well, – because I've heard – I've had pitchers tell me that sometimes warming up to get in the first game in the bullpen – can be more nerve-wracking than actually getting into the game because you have all this time to think about. What, but, but what was what was it like for you? What was going? Was did you have those thoughts at all? I mean, every time I hear the phone ring down there like that, I just get like I get a good adrenaline rush. Like uh -huh. my heart just starts beating, and you know I breathe and, and calm down, and you know just a, a shot of excitement. And, yeah. You know, when you go into the game, it's it's even it's a little bit times two because you know you're running in in front of this you know. This huge, huge venue and all you know, all these fans. So, just a shot, a shot of excitement. And so, you every time the phone rings in the bullpen, you feel that adrenaline, whether it's for you or not, or just is it now? Is it just now? It's you? just it's second, it's second nature. Yeah. So do you do you channel that in some way? Do you try and calm yourself down a little bit, or you just let the adrenaline take over? 
Um, I mean, it's you got to have a balance. You know, yeah. it's a little, it's a little balance. You know, being being excited, but then also being able to control, you know, control it at the same time too. It's like a controlled aggression. But did you feel the adrenaline spike even more when you were pitching in the postseason, especially the first time? You got to pitch in the postseason. Oh yeah, I mean it's 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 up there, man. Like, yeah, big time. Yeah. yeah, and sometimes that can be to your benefit. Yeah, sometimes it can, and you know, yeah. I mean, I love I love pitching with adrenaline. So you come up to the Astros. You're pitching out of the bullpen. You wind up getting a few starts. You find out you're starting. What was your reaction when you found out you were going to be in the rotation in 2015? Oh, I was happy. You yeah, know, happy, and you know, thankful for that opportunity, and. You know, knowing that I was going to do it in Oakland, which was not too far from from home, probably about six six seven hours. And yeah, have uh, you know having having family and, and some friends there was was cool. So your Indian, so your family and friends got to make the trip up to Oakland to yeah. see you make your first big league start. Yeah, um, and you and you did pretty well in yeah. the rotation. The I think it was four or five starts you wound up yeah. getting in 2015, uh, and, and and did a and did a pretty good job. You moved back to the bullpen. Do you still? feel like you're a starting pitcher or is I it mean I feel like I can I can pitch you yeah. know it don't matter if I start relief you know coming in the 12th the 13th I just you know I feel like I was you know put put here to pitch yeah so whatever the role is yeah did it take you some time to adjust to being in a bullpen role since that was something you hadn't done a ton in pro ball and had been a starter to that point for the most part I think a little bit yeah, yeah. a little bit it did you know but there was guys like like Gregerson, you know, Gregerson was great to me. Yeah. You know, me being young and him, you know, having time and, you know, breaking down how things work and, you know, uh, bullpen coach Craig. Um, you you know, got to see today. He's now bullpen coach of the yeah, Red Sox. CB. Yeah, yeah, CB. And uh, so just being, you know, those guys kind of, you know, walking me through it little by little was, was a good way to to come in there what was the hardest part of that transition for you in terms of warming up was it figuring out how many pitches you needed to get hot what what, what was it for you i think it was like the physical workout schedule okay you know like knowing like you know when when you're a starter you have your routine that you do what you do to prepare and you know it's a little different like coming out of the bullpen because you can pitch every night you right. know the way you prepare is just it's a little different. It's not, you know, it's not like if I want to go in and bench pe- bench press 200 pounds, you know, I'm not going to do that the night before I pitch just because right. I want to feel fresh and, you know, be be out there ready to go. So it wasn't even so much how many pitches throw in the bullpen, how to make sure your stuff is, is working the way you want. It was more just the, the everyday routine of, yeah. of staying ready. And- yeah, like just the everyday grind of it, you know, being able, you know, coming to the ballpark, my being able to throw tonight. You know, every night there's a there's a possibility unless you've got a for sure for sure down day, but right, not too many in the bullpen. No, definitely yeah. not. And I know you're you're a guy. You, I mean, I'll see you sometimes after you've pitched three innings a night before. I'll be like, hey, how you feeling? You're like, oh, I can pitch tonight. Yeah, I mean, I'm always I'm always I always want to pitch, man. Like, yeah. I got to be smart at times though, you know, because I mean, I don't, I don't, you don't, you don't want to go out there, you know, not at your best because you know you're not going to be helping the team out then. Yeah. Isn't that one of the benefits for you personally of being in the bullpen? Is I mean, as a starter, you obviously can help your team, and you go every fifth day. But in the bullpen, I mean, you have a chance to pitch a lot more days, not as many innings, but you have a chance to pitch a lot more days and impact more games. Yeah, that's that's what I like about it too. You know, like and it, you know, you you don't do so well today, but hey, you got tomorrow. You know, right. and you bounce back, and you got to be able to rebound. And you know, that's the that's the bright part about it. You know, just have a short term memory, and you know, come back at them again.
Yeah, because I know starting pitchers, when you have a bad start, those four days, yeah. that that can be rough. Yeah, yeah, like it's going to probably feel like forever till you get back out there. Right, yeah. exactly. But now, as a reliever, you don't have to worry about yeah. that as much. And fortunately, you don't have very many bad outings. I think that's the other. <laughs> that's that's the other. That's the try, other. Try not to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, we'd like to welcome in our listeners tonight from Corpus Christi on KSIX 1230 AM, 95.1 and 91.1 FM, longtime partners and affiliates of the World Series champions here on the Astros Radio Network. Great community in Corpus Christi. You got to pitch down there. Yeah. And uh, was that 2000 and, um, 2014, right? Mm-hmm. You got Four, to. 14, 15, I think. Yeah. 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 You got to pitch down there. And, man, what a great what a great community they have down there and great fans, right? Oh, yeah. I love I love those fans down there. Yeah. If they're, if they're listening right now, hey, what's up, everybody in Corpus? <laughs> <laughs> there you go. We're going to have more with Chris Davinsky, Astros reliever. I'm sorry, reliever for the world champion, Houston Astros. <laughs> There's going to be more with him as Astro Line, presented by Carbach Brewing Company, continues live from Duffy Sports Grill on Clematis in downtown West Palm Beach and on the Houston Astros Radio Network. And welcome back to Astroline, presented by Carbach Brewing Company, coming to you live from Duffy Sports Grill on Clematis, downtown West Palm Beach. Spring training's going on right now. And don't forget, single-game tickets for the Astros 2018 season. They go on sale starting tomorrow. I want to catch all the excitement happening at Minute Maid Park, including matchups against the Yankees, Red Sox, Rangers, Indians, and many more. For more information, visit astros.com slash tickets or call 1-877-9ASTROS. Robert Ford joined by Chris Davinsky, reliever for the defending world champion Houston Astros. And uh, you, know, you grew up in Santa Ana, California, Chris, and uh, you know, we've talked about your family, your, your uh, dad, Mike, your mom, Shirley. I can't forget your twin sister Amanda, who is what six minutes younger than you. Is that yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, six minutes younger. Do you know, do you never let her forget that? Oh, I tell her all the time. <laughs> I tell her I let her know who's boss. There you go. There you go. The older brother, even if it is by six minutes, by, <laughs> by six minutes. When you were growing up, I mean, obviously it's different with with you know a twin. You have a boy and a girl as opposed to twins who are both the same sex. But yeah. Were you guys the twins? Your parents dress you alike, stuff like that. No, not really. No, yeah. I mean the only thing was my sister always wanted to have the same shoes I always had. Really, that was the thing. That was that was the only thing was the shoes, the clothes. Not, nah, no way. Because you know, honestly, you know, boy, girl, we're gonna wear different things. But the shoes, and every time I went to school, I have a pair of Converse. She have a pair of Converse. Yeah, I have a pair of Cyrus skateboarding shoes. She gotta have it, and it was always like that. So, but you would set the tone. Exactly. You'd, you'd be like, this is what I want. Exactly. Amanda would be like, all right, yeah, I want I'm, the same I'm, the, I'm the one who's got the style. Okay. I'm the one who's got the style. All yeah. right. We need to get Amanda on the show yeah. and find out <laughs> how she feels about this. Hey, I got a question from the audience here. Cody, who's uh, here at Astroline tonight at Duffy Sports Grill, he wanted to know, you know you, we hear a lot about Alex Bregman and George Springer and their antics in the clubhouse. He wants to know who's crazier between the two of them, Bregman or Springer? Oh, Bregman. Bregman, yeah, definitely, yeah, yeah. Springer, Springer can get down though. I mean, oh yeah, Spring, yeah. No, I'm not down to Springer. I'm just, uh, Bregman, yeah, yeah. Bregman like, yeah, Bregman. So you know, they have the the club Astros after the Astros win games at, at Minute Maid Park, and you got the strobe lights. I mean, it's become quite the production. There's the smoke machine, and is Springer the best dancer on the team? Yeah, yeah, he is. Yeah, that would be my guess. But you see more of these guys. Hey, I can get down too, man. Okay. Do you ever you get down at Club Astros? Not really, no. Yeah. I yeah. mean, it just depends, you know. Yeah. I, I can I can dance when I when I want to. When you want to. Yeah. Just Club Astros isn't the time. Nah. Yeah. Is there anybody who 
who starts dancing to our club Astros that maybe shouldn't? Uh, probably Giles sometimes. <laughs> Kid Giles. <laughs> yeah, not, not not the most gifted dancer. No. Maybe he should take lessons from you. You've seen, you seen his uh, – have you seen the video of him with the boombox in Philadelphia? Oh, yeah. That's yeah, right. Yeah. You've seen, you seen Kenny get down. Yeah, that yeah, – uh, that, that, that's something you can't unsee. Too. Yeah, but yeah. That, no, it's, it's good fun though, man. It's all fun. All right, that's a that's a fantastic question, and um, you know we're talking about your family, and you know your dad, Mike. Uh, he's does he still have the moving company? He's still working, man. He's yeah. he's still he's still you know working hard, and um, I just hope one day that I can work as hard as him. You think you think you get your work ethic from your dad? Oh yeah, 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 definitely, no doubt about it. And used to help him. With his moving company, yeah. I mean, yeah. Ask him uh, when you when you see him again. Ask uh-huh. him some of the jobs we did this off season together. You did. You we actually were moving, we, you were we did stuff this off season. Yeah, we did a job, and the, and the the client we did it for, she was wearing a Dodger hat when we got there. What? Yeah. Did she know who you were? No, she no. didn't. Okay. And it was funny when I left. I told her I go. I said. I said uh, that was a good World Series. And she said, she said, yeah, this is going to be our year. And then I walked away and I told my dad, I go, no, we're going to do it again. All right. Yeah. All right. So you were, so you were actually helping your dad move furniture this off season. Yeah. That's just, that's something I always do because, you know, when I was in the minor leagues, uh-huh. you know, for like an off season job, that's what I did. I helped right. him out. Right. So, you know, it's just something that, you know, for all the sacrifices he's done for me, hey, it's all right for me to give, give some of my time to him to do that. All right. You know, so. And, you know, moving's tough work. I know I don't have to tell you that, but yeah. moving's tough work. Some jobs are tougher than others. What's the toughest thing you've ever had to move, either by yourself or with, like, a crew? Of with people? a crew of guys, probably a baby grand piano. Baby grand piano. Yeah. Did you have, like, a, well, you can't fit that thing in an elevator. Um, we got it in an elevator. Actually, no, we, we took it down a flight of stairs. And wow. then we took it up a flight of stairs on the other end. My and goodness. It takes about six guys because when you take it apart, you know, you got to take apart the legs the right way. Uh-huh. You got to have a certain amount of guys on this side holding it up. You got to have the right tools and all that. So, but then it ends up going on a piano board. Okay. And then that goes on a dolly. But when you're going up a stair, the stairs, you're not going to have, you know, you're not going to have the dolly. So you got this piano, this long piano board where, you know, four to five to six guys are just going to straight pull it up. And right. it's, it's pretty heavy. And I mean, that's, I mean, I'm not even sure how much that weighs. I mean, I can't even imagine trying to lift something like that. Yeah. I mean, you know, with six guys, you're going to get it done. You know, right. you're going to break a little sweat, but, you know. Yeah. It's, with, with two guys, there's no shot. No shot. You're going you're gonna to move a piano. Like so that. how did, um, you, did you, you've been helping your dad how long with moving? Since you were a teenager? Uh, probably younger than that when yeah. I was like seven, maybe. I don't, I'm not. I'm not. I don't know the exact. The just exact moving. Age. Just moving like a little box. Yeah, box pads. You know, blankets to cover up furniture. He'd have me stack up pads and you know tape up boxes and you know rope things in the truck and you know all that fun. You're stuff. You're probably like an expert mover. Like, I'm, hey, if you ever need a if you ever need a move, I can I can move <laughs> I, I can move furniture. That's like my my second theme besides baseball. Like. You need me to load up a truck? I can stack some tiers. Like, yeah. I can know stack. how to organize it so that yeah. everything gets in. It's like Tetris for me, though. Yeah. Yeah, it's like yeah. Tetris with furniture. Yeah. yeah. Were you the kid that always was just following your dad around, always wanted to do what he did? Oh, yeah, yeah. My dad, I see, you know, how strong he was and, you know, just, yeah, I always want to be like him. And you your know? dad, I mean, I've met your dad. Your dad's not a big guy. 
No, but he's he's strong though. Yeah. Like especially when I was younger, like you know him moving all that furniture and stuff. He's you know moving furniture makes you strong, man. Like, oh yeah. You know, a lot of my buddies tell me like you're not very big, but we know how strong we we know how strong you are. Like we're not gonna mess with you. No, definitely yeah. not, definitely not. And uh, you know, your dad a really hard worker. And, yeah. You know, I've gotten a chance to meet your family, and your family's fantastic. And uh, thank you. Uh, but but yeah, I'm I'm sure they were just so happy for you. Uh, they and the World Series being in L.A. at least four of the games. I assume they got to they got to go to the World Series games. Yeah, they were there at every game. Yeah, so yeah, that had were, to be that had to be pretty cool for them. Yeah, they had a blast. They had a blast being there. But now, were you you grew up closer to Anaheim than you tell LA, right? Yeah, closer to Anaheim. Were you a Dodgers fan, Angels fan growing up? Did you have a favorite team? I mean, my favorite team was the Yankees. Going to games was mixed between you know the Dodgers and and Anaheim. Favorite player growing up? Derek Jeter. Okay. Yeah. There have been a few guys who said that. That's, that goes back to me wanting to be a shortstop. Ah, of course. Yeah. of course. Yeah. yeah. Did you – you um, when you got you got to the big leagues 15, so he had already retired, right? Yeah, he was – yeah, he was already – yeah, he was retired. He was then. retired, yeah. so you never got a but chance. But we were at a ceremony. Oh, uh, that's right. Yeah, that the was, number of retirement yeah, last that year. Was, that was pretty cool. To, that was pretty to, neat. To be there for that. Definitely, definitely. But uh, so Yankees fan in California? Yeah. You would know, man. <laughs> <laughs> but that's pretty cool. Well, yeah. I know you're an Astros fan. Just because now. at the time, you know, they were always winning. So they you're a front runner. No, no, I'm not a front runner. <laughs> I was just, I was, I was happy, you know, that I was able to watch a team win that much. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Like, All right. That was All when right. they were doing their their dynasties, man. Yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, I'm, you made a lot of Dodgers fans cry. I know you're not upset I broke about a, that. Uh, I, I, they tell me all the time that I broke a lot of hearts. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah, it's all right. Nothing wrong with that. All right. Chris Davinsky, always good to see you. Uh, so glad that you're with the Astros. Great pitcher, even better person. Thanks Thank so you. much for joining us tonight. Thank you, Bert. All right, let's have a Thank everybody here, too. Thank you for coming out. Appreciate it. Big round of applause for Chris Davinsky on Astroline. Hey, don't forget, next Astroline program will be on Monday. Steve Sparks will be the host. That'll get going at 6 o'clock Central Time, 7 o'clock Eastern Time for those here in West Palm Beach. I'd like to thank all who made the broadcast possible tonight. Studio producer Bob Elliott, producer engineer Matt Bolts. I'd like to thank all the great people here at Duffy Sports Grill on Clematis, downtown West Palm. Make sure you come out here if you come down to Astros Spring Training. Astros play tomorrow night against the New York Mets, and you can catch that broadcast starting at 5.50 on the Astros Radio Network. I'm Robert Ford saying so long. This has been Astroline presented by Carbach.